Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise Jesus. Father, we bless your name tonight. We give you praise. We worship you. Lord, we are looking to you. We ask, Lord, just bring more guidance. We want to fetch, Lord. We don't just want to pray, but because praying is more than just uh, an exercise. But, Lord, we need more of incense, Father. That the prayers of the saints appear in heaven. We need more of it, Lord. We ask more for more of your righteousness revealed to us as we so we can pray accurately, not to pray aright. Not to, so we will not just pray the, the desires of our own heart, but we say that if we abide in you, your word abide in us. And we will ask what we desire and shall be done. I pray. Let, let Bring that which you want to abide this time, that counsel, that wisdom, which you want to abide, Lord, within us, Lord, at this season, I pray for guidance of the Spirit, help of the Spirit, Lord, to, to begin to make an inroad, Lord, to begin to have an access to you. Make your heart clear to us. Make it visible and make it palpable. Thank you, our Father. Lord, I ask that you help me, Lord, beyond my weaknesses and my obvious weaknesses and my infirmities. And Lord, that you find a pure channel, Lord, to speak, Lord, tonight to, so that we can hear you. For we desperately desire to hear you, to hear your voice and to hear your words. Thank you, our Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go! 
Yes, 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 yes. In Lino, yes, tight. In that, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Where's the interpreter? Is he hiding? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. You know your job. Why are you? Sorry. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Lisa Pantaliko Sopretalia Fatatania. For you see the gates, the gates, the evil gates have stood long enough. They've stood long enough. Boy, it is the time. It is the time. It is the time. Even I, the messenger of the covenant, the purifier, will come and purify the silver and take out impurities and gross. And as I take them out, the gates of evil are falling. Even the evil that wasted at noonday, it is that reason I've been made manifest for to come and to destroy the works of the devil. It is I, even I, the Son of God, I have been made manifest that you may become manifest and you make a for this is the time. This is the time. It is my time for the unveiling of my truth, of my truth, of my truth, of my truth. It is the time of the true God. It is the time for to see the true of the true God, to come to the true of the true God, of the only true God. It is the time of the unveiling of my truth. I become Gates will fall. Gates will fall. Gates will fall. It is time for gates to fall. It is the time for gates to fall. So raise up your expectation. Raise up your expectation. Awaken your desires. Be expectant. Do not come to me without an expectation. Do not come without an expectation. So Alisa Pratalika, I am the God of all gods. I judge among gods. All powers in heaven, in earth, and even in the worlds to come are mine. So there is nothing that is impossible.
impossible or that is hard for me. So Likata, don't look at yourself and say I'm not qualified. For you will see Sasate, for Likatana, Feleproshta, do not despise my mercy. My mercy has walked and brought you this far. So Leprete, and my mercy will keep you to the end. So lean on my mercy. Lean on my mercy, for I am merciful and I bring you mercy. You have found mercy. You've obtained mercy. So lean on mercy. Lean on my mercy. Lean on my mercy. For Lika Shotata Elepreteli, I want to show the truth of my true God. I want to show you the truth in the true God. For that is the laws and that is how I was made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. It's Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Oh, we thank you. Thank you. Masari Osia, Masuria, Eli Masari Hetusa, Heavenos, Heaven Ahasia, Eri Heavenos, Eri Heavenios, Amihonios, Eli Hemionos, Ali Hemionos, Amile Heavenios, Elimianza, Elson, Elson, Elsion, Alson, Alson, Elmsion, Amanasion, Amastea, Abraham, Abraham, Arnos, Arta, Melihoven, Omihes, Storyparos, Ariosa, Ariosa, Ariosa. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry, please. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mercy. Amen. Amen. Um, let's open our Bibles. Thank you. Genesis chapter 1. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Thank you, Father. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the, upon the face of the deep, right? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And, and God said, let there be light. Amen. Amen. And then what the, and there was light, and, and then God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the what? From the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made a firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And then God called the God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the were the second day. Praise God. So I'm seeing. And then God said, Let the water under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let let dry land let dry land appear. Let dry land appear. And it was so. And then God called it dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he called he seas. And God saw that it was good. Amen. 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 So this you're seeing um two I'm seeing two heavens. I'm seeing heaven of verse one. Um see verse one that he God created the heaven, right? created the heaven and the earth. The heaven and the earth. Amen. Amen. Then the heaven and the earth, but the earth was without form. And it was without form and it was void. Right? was without form and it was void 
And then you see verse, thank you Jesus, verse 8, you see another heaven, right? Verse 8 is an, another heaven which was part of the, it was part of what was created, right? What was God created and then he began to, he began to, he began to form and call, right? He began to form and call. Form and call. Amen. Amen. A lot of what God actually began to do was a type of forming. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then calling things based on what he... When I say forming, I mean that he began to interact with what he created. Praise God. You know, God interacted with, when it came to the fabric of the heaven and the earth, um, the formation of that start, was done in chapter 1 within the, the same time that God was doing the creation. God wasn't waste, didn't waste time. He just immediately, as he created in what he created, he then began to bring about some kind of forming. Right? I know we've learned that formation was in chapter 2, but really the formation of chapter 2 was mainly about the formation of man. Right? It's clear that when man was, when God began to form man in chapter 2, by that time the earth was no longer without form and void. Right? If is no longer without form. It means God has brought some kind of form to what he created, which he did in chapter 1. After the first created, when he, that verse 1, he created the heaven and the, what? And the earth. Glory to Jesus. Uh, so you're seeing then that <clears throat> after creating the heaven and the earth, you now see, okay, there's, there's a specific part or focus of a type of formation which was needed after the creation. And that formation was specific to the earth. They were not speaking about the form of heaven, right? They were speaking about the form of the earth, that the earth was actually without form and void. Amen. Yeah. And then in, in relating with the earth, of course, it said, let there be light, light came. Then day and night and all of that, glory to Jesus. Then he began to, then he spoke something into being. Now when I say spoken, I don't, I don't believe it's a creative speaking. I still think it's a formative speaking. When he said, let there be, 
right? It doesn't mean that there that there wasn't in terms of it wasn't created. It's just that God was wanted wanted it to be a certain way. Right? This was how God wanted it to be. It's clear that even the light that when he said, let there be light, I don't think that was a creation of light. I believe when it comes to even the kind of light that God that was speaking about in this place, this verse 3, um, the, that the light in the creation was also present in the creation. And this is one thing about God. It's, it's a part of his nature. When you've learned about God a bit, learn the Bible a bit, you realize that God can take light and hide light in darkness. That the light will not be seen, but the light, it doesn't mean the light isn't present. That's actually, actually, light wears that, every light that has, a, that has a true element to it is always shrouded and clothed in some type of darkness. Are you seeing that? It's just the manner of God's pattern, of creation pattern, or God's way of, of things that God doesn't just... That's why if you're looking for where God's light is shining, don't look in the obvious places. If you check the obvious places, you're not likely to find light. Praise God. That in fact, Second Corinthians chapter four makes us to know that it's God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. I believe that is referring to these things, an explanation of what what happened when God said, "Let there be light." Right? It doesn't mean the light was in there. It's just that it was in darkness. Because it says that the earth was without form and void. And then what darkness was where? Was upon the face of where? Of the deep. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. So in that darkness, then the Bible says that God commanded. So when it says, let there be. So it wasn't a creation of light. It was a giving a command that let it be a certain way. I now want this light to be. And when he let light be, it means that he commanded the light that come out of darkness and become what? Become manifest. Now that this light, to me, I don't fully know what this light is. I doubt it is physical light, like light of the sun and all, and all of that. Praise God. And, and you can infer that because the sun didn't come till later. Right, and if the sun didn't come to the later, this was a type of light. If this light is not just physical light, it also means the darkness wasn't just physical darkness. So, when you say darkness, it's not every darkness that maybe came from the devil. Do you know that? <laughs> That Satan is not the inventor of darkness. It's dark, it's just something that he found that God made, he wanted to use. Because he preferred 
he felt that the property of darkness will match his operation more than the properties of light. So he chose that Satan chose darkness. The way he also teaches men to choose darkness. Glory to God. Yeah. But, but it's clear that darkness is not an invention of the devil. Darkness is actually God's invention. In fact, God, darkness is a type of a quality of his inhabitation. Right? That God, God's light actually dwells in darkness. That it, you have to be willing to approach a darkness. If you want to find God, there's a kind of darkness you must be willing to approach. Before, if you are able to take the journey, the courage of approaching the darkness, then you find that in that journey, after some point, he now begins to make his light manifest. That's, that's God for you. Praise God. So, so it's fitting that when God created, initially, at the initial point, it's not just light. Right? It's not just... It's not just what? It's not just light. Creation, creation, immediately creation occurs that you, you find an initial state of darkness. Same thing. It's the same with the new creation as well. There's no, no Christian was created with that creation sitting in an enlightened um, state, right? Everybody, when you get born again, that born again spirit dwells in darkness. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you agree with what I'm saying? What I'm saying can sound like it's not, uh, doesn't agree with you are the light of the world. You know those, all those things. Uh, we know all those things. So please, I'm not trying to offend all those things. Those things hold true. Please, I'm not an offender. I'm just trying to show you if there's a sense of, it's a Bible sense, just to show you a sense of the Bible. What I, what I just mean by, by that is that when creation, recreation, or the new birth has, has occurred to a soul, that does not amount to light being lit in the soul. Right? The soul can be with the new creation spirit, but darkness can still be upon the face of the deep of the soul. Right? Darkness, it's, that will begin to happen until the soul will begin to wait for a season. Right? Even though the soul is the owner of the light, which the spirit is. Right? When the, the soul... Um, when your the spirit is born again, that soul is not just being born again. It's not just something that affects your spirit alone. It also affects your soul, too. Yeah, in a in a kind of sense, what affects the soul first of all is that the soul, in its in its inner 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 depth, knows that season has changed. The soul can perceive the spirit, can smell the perfume of the spirit can sense the atmosphere, the presence of the spirit. He knows that something has changed. There's a new man here. Even though, but the soul can't interpret the man. Are you getting? 
He can't what he can't interpret. So the soul will tend to go back to what it knows. Say so this this weird guy that's inside. I don't even know how. He's making me feel weird things. You know things I normally do. I just feel weird about them. All of those things is what the soul doesn't have the the enlightenment to interpret what that spirit man is. It will take seasons of. Um, it will take season season of shining. That's exactly what Second Corinthians chapter four was speaking about. He said that it's for God who commanded the light of the world to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God where in the face of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So you see this, God will now begin to command shining. That's what the power of the gospel right, is to, is the, is to, to cause light to shine out of darkness. That's, what the, that's the purpose of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. According to their order, according to what order of light you want to shine, you fetch the gospel for that light. Right? You, that gospel. For every light that should shine, there is a gospel. And until that gospel has been heralded fully, what is gospel? Gospel, gospel are actually commands. Right? They are commands of the soul. If you want to to bring command of enlightenment to the soul. You have to bring the gospel that will bring that light into the soul. Glory to Jesus. So you're seeing uh, at the beginning, so there was darkness. The darkness, the Bible says, was upon where? Upon the face of the deep. Right? Upon the what? The face of the deep. They call there's what it calls the the deep. That word called what it calls the deep. The deep uh, is I don't know what fully what the deep is, so I'll just be describing a little bit of what I'm seeing here. You understand? Yes, Amen. Amen. Because they didn't even say it's, it said the deep. It's the deep. Alright. So but one thing that we know came from the deep uh, is what they call seas. Right? That what they call seas is, a, is like a portion of the deep. It's not the whole deep. It's, like a, it's a portion. Let's read that. It says, um, on verse 6, say, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So, so this is another thing that God said, let there be. Let there be. So I, I, I'm saying God is an arrangement that God wanted to see. That let there be a firmament. So in the midst of the, the waters, of course those waters is the whole Right. In the midst of the waters, you now say, let there be. The word firmament means a firm region. Right? Uh, is a, a firm because waters is not firm. Do you see that? Waters is not what? Waters is not firm. Water is flowing. 
water is flowing. Although water can arrive at a firm state, but water it has a water has a firm state. So when you say water, water just means that which has the potential of being firm, but it's not originally firm. Right? That it would t- to get water from its natural flowing state to a firm state, it requires some amount of energy. Do you get that? And a kind of energy must be applied towards that water to bring its molecules together to create a different kind of bond, right? That can that makes its molecules from shifting out of place that create firmness. So it's clear that to be what I say the when I say the firmament, it's an introduction of some kind of an energy, right, in a middle region of the water to create firmness for a purpose. Do you see that? To create a type of what? And when we say firmness, we, we don't know. It doesn't mean ice. Not, I know you're thinking ice, but <laughs> in, physical, in physical sense, you can say firm water is ice. I agree. Firm water is ice, but um, firm, 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 glory to Jesus. To God, when God wants to make his own firmament, it might not look like ice. It can look like space. Imagine God. If you want to make something stable, you put it on solid, solid, matter has liquid, solid state, liquid, solid, and gas. The least, on, the least stable is gas, right? The most stable is water. So if man wants to stabilize something, you will take it from the water and from the air, put it on the solid, and it will become stable. But when it came to wisdom of the firmament, God uses, God telling you that he himself his own, is, he, he does it differently. And that's one thing that everything about creation is showing God's pattern. God left his imprint in creation that you know how we do things. When you jam creation, you see a different way that you have to go and study. And there are things in creation that you can study will never understand. What is suspending the, what is making the sun firm in the sky? Do you get what is making the star? We know that if something should be firm, put it on solid ground. But God said, just give me space. We call it space. And God is saying that in space, I can firm things. Are you getting? It's a showing. It's, God is showing us, right, that when, what it comes, when it comes to being firm, there's another sense of, of firm, firmness. Right? There's another di- different sense of what of firmness where God, something can be positioned without anchors, but yet it's firm because there are invisible powers that, that can hold things. So also what we call firmament is clear that firmament is, um, is, a, is a place, is a region that where things can be stabilized without natural forces. Am I explaining something? Are you getting what I'm saying? That firmament is what? Is a pl- 
is diff- without natural forces, with, with, by, by mysterious forces, massive things can be what? That's why it's called, is the firmament. The firm- I love the Bible's language. Calls it the firmament. Glory to Jesus. So, so he moved the waters. He said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it do what? Let it divide. So it means the firmament that pushed waters away, pushed the other waters away. And there's a firmament in the midst of the waters. And he divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above, above the firmament. And... Praise God. And it was so. And God then called the firmament, that that place that has such characteristic, God then called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? So you're seeing then another, another heaven. Right? Another heaven, but uh, this heaven is very clear that this heaven is, I don't believe it's the first heaven of, of, of this chapter 1, verse 1. Because before we, we get here, he created the heaven and the earth, but then he came into the what? The earth that was, in, that earth was initially without form and what and without void what that actually means was that that heaven was without the definition of heaven and earth it was without the definition of what of heaven and earth but god has first created the heaven and an earth are you seeing that? Then he came into earth and then he did that thing. And then when he did that, it's to me everything that's here. And there's a reason why the Lord revealed it to Moses is for the purpose of understanding. But it's not just, not everybody will come here and be understanding this. It's, there are people who, knowing this kind of thing, pertains to their education. Are you understanding? Knowing what this kind of thing. Things like what? What constitute a heaven? Right? What, what, con- what is the basic element, the basic definition, amen, of, of, a, of a heaven? <laughs> Praise God. So one thing I suspect is that this is to show a little bit of an explanation of of, a hev- of the heaven of this one. Are you seeing that? Because when God may created the heaven of this one and the earth, you can see that if the heaven was without form and void, it will not be a heaven. I'm not making any sense. I'm sorry, there's a sense I'm trying to just. This, don't worry, this thing matters how you see what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. 
if what I mean is that if you say you can't say you can't say this phrase is not correct, the heaven was without form and void. If it's without form and void, it's not a heaven. A heaven must have a certain qualification. An earth can be without form and void. Because it, it, earth doesn't have that standard. It, it, it can have, it, earth can be anything, anyhow. An earth can be a work in progress. A heaven cannot. Why? Because a heaven is a firmament. So it means that heaven was heaven from the moment it was created. That's why they didn't go and zoom into it, show the formation, then zoom, but nothing to heaven was heaven. Otherwise, are you getting the point of what, what I'm saying? But, but how will we know about heaven? He must come into the earth. He must create a... He must you now show the process of how can you make an earthly region heaven. In other words, how can you make an earthly region firm? Do you see that? How do you... How do you and then God showed the process. Divided the waters in the mist. Let there be what? A firmament. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. See, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the, what, let the dry land appear. And it was so. And then God called the, what, the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he, what, called he seas. And then God saw that it was good. So when it came down to the, what was under, God gathered dry land on one side, then God gathered what? Sea on the other side. The dry land he then called earth. So you've seen, you've seen earth being named different things. The first earth was a constitution of both waters and every mixture, it was without form and void. You see that. Then later, this, God now brought more definition and he brought separation. Something called earth and then something called sea. So an earth that has, that means an earth that has gained some kind of solidity. Right? That's what he called earth. But it's not the solidity of the dry land. It's not the same as the firmament. So when it comes to earth, you can, it's clear that the seas was also a type of earth, right? But it separated it, a part of earth that has some fluidity, right? And then some other part of the earth that is he called it dry land. Glory to Jesus. Amen. 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 And so you have... Land, earth, and you have sea. So, so in the picture here, what you have is heaven, earth, and sea in the earth. Heaven, earth, and then what? Heaven, earth, and sea. Heaven, earth, and sea. Praise God. 
And when you move to Revelation, right, in Revelation chapter 20, Revelation 21. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 21, quickly verse, verse 1, it says, And I saw a new word. I saw a new heaven, praise God, and a new earth, for, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. But you see something peculiar about this, this new one is that there was what? There was no more sea. Do you see that? There was no more sea. The first earth passed away, and there was no more. The more. So, so it's clear that the, the, the situation of the sea in the first creation is not the final picture. You see that? It's not the final picture. Something, I mean that the presence of the sea made it clear that there was it means there is what a region without a kind of firmness a f fluidity a kind of fluidity that's you want to take the first creation second creation what's the difference the actual the main difference key difference between the first one and the second one is the the absence of sea, the presence of seas, and the absence of what? Of seas. Praise Jesus. So, so you're seeing, that, so it means that there's something about, about sea that is, that speaks about, about, if, about if it, a type of fluidity that is not heavenly. A type of a type of fluidity, amen, that is not what heavenly. Like you say, when you check the Bible, in you don't say, ah, is there no sea in heaven? Yeah. But it's God is it's a sea of glass. Do you remember? Yes. Amen. Is a is a sea of glass. It's something about heaven and solidity. Material of heaven is gold, right? Amen. Amen. So see, now when this creation of, now these things that God created, there is the that that physical dimension to them. Right, um, but clearly, I think very clearly, um, there is an aspect of it that is that is spiritual in nature. That is spiritual in nature. Right. The first when they created the heaven, then he created the earth. In the Earth, the 
heaven is clear that earth is a mixture of physical and spiritual. Right? Earth is what? A mixture of spiritual, of physical and spiritual. Mixture of physical and spiritual. Heaven is not physical. Heaven is purely, is purely spiritual. Praise God. But in the earth, the realm of the earth, which we call, if it, what, it, what it calls the, in this firmament, there's the physical firmament. There's a portion of the, of the firmament that's physical, right? which, which is where God created all these lights, right? the lights that he put in heaven. And, it, and God called the light day, the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And then, and then God said, let there be a firmament. You see that? So he called the light, so the light day, and then night, as day and night, first of all. So you see lights, then day and night, then Then verse 14, he said that, and God said, let there be <clears throat> lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from what? The night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days. And, and then let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give what? To give light upon the earth. And it was so. So, you're seeing, initially, in verse 3, God said, let there be light, there was light. Then God said, let the light that, the light that, God saw the light that it was good, and then God divided the light from the word darkness. God divided the light from the darkness. You see the same language in verse, in verse 14, it says, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide. Now, it's not saying light from darkness. It's using the word day and night because he has called the, the light day. And he has called the word the darkness night. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Now, but these lights which divide from light from darkness, this second one, when he said that he, he put them in the firmament to divide the light from the darkness, right? They are, there's a physical appearance, right, of the sun and the moon. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And then, so you're seeing that this light in the firmament, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens, verse 14, to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for what? Days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, greater light to rule the day, lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Glory to Jesus. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give what? Light, glory, and then 
to rule over the day and over the night and to divide light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Glory to Jesus. Then in verse 5, it says, God called the light night, day, the darkness he called night, and then the what? The evening and then the morning were the first day. So you see, God had a light that was controlling the day, the evening and the morning of, of a, a, a kind of day that was different from the, the day which the second light, the physical light, will control. You see that. So that will tell you that, this tell you that, you see that firmament, firmament, or rather in the creation of the earth, there is a dimension. Where is that? What dimension? The dimension where, where light first appeared, where there was first darkness, where light first appeared, and then where that light was divided between night and day. That has already happened earlier. Then later, after the physical dimension has appeared, in the physical, God put the physical ones there. So those physical ones are actually doing the same thing. When God is speaking about their function, they will do the same thing as what the, the light in the spiritual light should do. All right? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you see, in the firmament, there is a spiritual dimension of the firmament, and then there is a physical dimension. But the physical dimension is, is merely to, is mainly, mainly to show and to teach about, to give insight, to show, to teach about the spiritual. Are you seeing that? To show and to teach about what? About the spiritual. Praise God. So it means that if you, in the spiritual, are you seeing it? There's the earth, physical, firmament. If you go physically, you see the firmament there. Right? But beyond that firmament, there is what you call a spiritual firmament. Of where? Of where? Of the earth is different from the first firmament of, verse, of chapter 1. But you can also infer that if this one has light, that one also has what? Also has light as well. Does that make sense? Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So the heaven of Revelation chapter 22. So it's clear that the heaven of chapter 20. 21, sorry. That one has its own characteristics. Now, one of the characteristics we see, if you read verse 1, says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, 
and there was no more sea, right? And then I, saw, I, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from where? From God, out of heaven, prepared as a what? bride adorned for her husband. So coming out, coming out from God, out of heaven, that's verse 2. Verse 10, so he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of what? Of heaven from God. Coming out of God, out, coming down from God, out of heaven. Then descending out of heaven from God. So, what, what this means simply, now, is, if you want to see the picture, it is a city or a new Jerusalem that, because it's very clear, we know that this God is the eternal God. Right? What does it mean, the eternal God? It is a God who, who inhabits himself. Do you get what the point? What that means? What that means is God is God before creation. Is God that is really outside the context of creation, which is all, is actually a God who he, he inhabits himself. He doesn't have an. It's not the, the presently. There's a God in heaven. This is not that kind of sign. The the God who inhabits right heaven. Is not the eternal God. Uh, do you see that? The God who inhabits eternal, but the eternal God inhabits eternity. Thus say the high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity. His habitation, that thing called eternity, is the only eternity is the only thing that he can please, he can live in. Do you see that? Eternity is what? Is the one who only what? I said, who do I dwell in the high and the holy place with him that has a broken heart or a contrast, try spirit, all of those things. Glory to Jesus. So you are seeing that the, this eternal God now inhabits eternity. But you now see in this state, he has something in him called heaven. That's where this city is coming from. So it's not like a God. It's not like this way you really you think that when you say coming out of God from heaven or coming out down, descending out of heaven from God, you might think God is inside the heaven. And then there's a, a city came from God or something. No, it's, it's a heaven in God. It's not the same. In the present, in creation, we have the concept of God in heaven. There will be a time when that, it no longer have that concept. It will be a concept of heaven in God. Hey. Do you see that? Yes, Heavens where? Heavens in God. Because that, that eternal God is not... Is, he, he, the eternal God himself 
actually, when you think of what is the eternal God, what is the, what is the appetite of the eternal God? Who is he really? He's, so the eternal God is our refuge. Uh, refuge means he's a, he's a house himself. Do you see that? Eternal God is what? The house himself. So if that God in that state, uh-huh, in that state, who only inhabits eternity, if at all you will say he's, he's, ha- he's looking for a habitation, that habitation must fulfill eternity. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you understand the concept. The first concept is that you can't think of God as in- inhabiting in heaven. In the same sense you think about him in this current state. Because this current state, this present heaven cannot take him. Solomon, when he was building, he said it. That even the heavens of the heaven cannot contain you actually. That if at all we go to heaven and find you, we are finding you in a diminished state. Right? In a, in a state where you condescend into something that can abide in the present, in this heaven. You understand? But it's also tricky in a sense because you also cannot... Now, at this point, you can't say the eternal God really is in a heaven. You can't. But the tricky thing is that that is actually the vision of the eternal God. Is also to, is to have a heaven that he can be in and that can be in him. Do you get what I'm saying? It will be a house that is living inside a house that lives in him. Are you understanding that operation? So it means that there has to be, they have to have seamless properties. I, I, I've, I've always wondered, why did they change it in chapter, chapter Revelation? At first, descending, verse 2, from God out of heaven. Coming down from God out of heaven. Then verse 10, descending out of heaven from God. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit trying to tell you something. Don't conclude quickly about it. There's a mystery about that, that thing. Is the God in the heaven or is the heaven in the God? <laughs> Are you seeing that? So, but that would then draw your attention now that clearly that this heaven is special. This is a heaven that has broken, gone beyond just the, the state, that the power or the state of just a creature. Right, it's is is a is a, is a heaven that is different, a different type of a fabric that has eternal kind of quality to it. Sorry, I'm not teaching it. I don't know anything about eternal. I'm just showing you something I saw, so you can come back to what I'm talking about. Here, that's not when Daddy comes, you can ask him about it. it well, just ask him explain the heaven in. God, and he will explain to you. Praise God. This is just something I, I observed, you understand, that kind of makes sense 
with respect to what I'm finding in my heart to speak about. Praise God. So, so you, want, you now see clearly then that, and, and this also has been happening in, within my heart for some time, the, the concept of heaven. Beginning to see, and this is, I also is as I see there is a great veil about the, the concept of heaven. Uh, are you getting me? Well, how you know something is veiled is that everybody has thought about it in one way. And for thousands, millions of, nobody has ever rethought that thing. Even though there are plenty contradictions in the Bible regarding the definition, even just from page one. Just page one alone. That's when, when you say, tell someone, read the Bible, the first question they should ask you, what is heaven? Is it one thing? Is it two things? Why are they, why are they many? <laughs> but all the theologians, they've not even stopped to ask the question, what is the meaning of all these things? All we just assume is that there's one heaven, we are all going there. Once you're born again, once you die, you get, we arrive there, you know, that, that thing. But... But, but they, must, they have to open heaven as a concept to us. Why? Because it is our de- destiny. There's something about our destiny tied to that heaven. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Heaven, you know, it's as if God, they just mentioned God created the heaven, chapter 1, and now began to talk about earth, 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 and everything we see there is almost earth. Earth, 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 but there is so much about heaven that concerns man. There's so much about heaven that concerns men, that men... When we uh, there is there is a kind of an education that we should come into, right about a place called heaven. There's a property of heaven. For example, they say for for example, they say forever, O Lord, your word is what settled in heaven. Do you get what I mean? Why why will the word be settled in heaven? Amen. That's Psalm 119, verse 89. Why? Because heaven has the firmament. It has the, it has the firmness for settlement. It doesn't mean the world cannot come to the earth, but the world cannot settle on the earth. The, actually, the world, every world that comes to the earth will patch the earth to do something and will return. Do you know that? Every word. They only, they only said that it will return void. That's all they said. But it means that it doesn't settle. Yeah. That the earth is not the settlement place of God's word. It's just a, it's a place where the word comes to accomplish something. Right? It won't settle, but it will accomplish that, that purpose which it was for it was sent. See, Isaiah 55 as well. He says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Glory to Jesus. So the word is, comes for, to, to bring a prosperity 
glory, then it returns back to him. Why? Because the earth is not what? It's not settlement. Are you seeing that? Just that, that's the journey of God's word. It comes like this. It works. Then when it works, it, 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 it then triggers a season of return. Every, every word that is sent has a season of return. Every word that comes to the earth has what? A season of return. It has a it must return and it shall not return void. Out not returning void means without its fruitfulness. The earth is a place where you go and you sow for, you do it. It's a place of walking, of a kind of husbandry. That the, so the earth should be a yielder. After it's done, it should yield back. Are you seeing that? That's the, that's the DNA of the earth. Glory to Jesus. It's a place that should what? It should yield back. What should it yield back? It should yield back to heaven. Are you seeing that? So what does it mean that it shall not return void? So why will it not return void? Why, or why, should, it, why should it not return void? What will make it not void? It's because it has... It has collected something from the earth. Right. It has collected something from the earth. What, is, what it collected is, called, is the fruit of the earth. Right. That it comes to, to collect fruit of the earth. When heaven visits the earth, it makes the earth to bear fruit. But Every fruit that earth bears has a, a heavenly destiny. It has a program of, of going to heaven. God doesn't make the earth fruitful to stay on the earth. Any kind of fruitfulness that is just remaining here is what? It is, is not... Um, is, is what? It's not... Um, it's not, it's not fruitfulness according to purpose. It's not fulfilling its purpose. It's, or it's not real fruitfulness in God's sense. Amen. So that's why from the Bible you see the purpose of blessing is to bear fruit. That would be from Genesis. God blessed them and then said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply. You, you replenish the earth, of course, you will do what? You will subdue it. But, you know, replenishing the earth, then subduing it, having dominion, that's not the end of it. The end of fruitfulness. That's why you see a, a tree grows upwards. Right? Right. It's actually a sign, right? The sign of... of of a tree growing upward. In fact, when a tree is bearing, it's not even for you in any way. It's trying to tell you that's why it's high. It's trying to tell you that it's not for men. <laughs> if, it's, if it's primarily for men, 
I mean, men will eat, but if they are borrowing it, men will climb the tree, right? That water is not their own. They have to climb it. They do not go and take it. But really, that tree is, is going back to who, where it came from. Where did the blessing, the blessing that raised me, where did it come from? It came from above. The tree is trying to give back to heaven with its palms. It's like those branches are palms of the tree. Trying, it's, it's, the tree is offering fruit to heaven. Right. Men can drink too. Like, like that story that of the bramble, when they spoke about the bramble and all of that, they now spoke about the, the olive and the vine that, that, the, that cheer the vine, the vine, sorry, that cheers both men and God. But it's mainly God that it cheers, but men can also drink from it. So that's why fruitfulness in the spirit is actually, is actually divided into those portions. Portion of man first, which is called charity. Right? You understand that? When, when, you, when God's word or the seizing dispensation of the oracles of God, right, begins to happen on the earth, it begins to till the ground on the earth, begin to cast seed to the earth, begin to do all the husbandry, right, to bring forth fruitfulness. Then when it brings forth fruitfulness, it's according to two seasons. The first is a season where men will taste from it first, but the final season is fruit unto yes. God. Are you saying that men will taste? But that's not the end. If, if you are born fruit that men can taste, right? Just know that you have not f- f- finished bearing fruit. You're just beginning. It's clear that charity is not, it's not, it's not God's fruit. Even though God looks at charity, and, and charity can then prove to God that you're a candidate for the next, the actual season of fruit, fruit bearing. And the truth is that no soul has been fruitful who hasn't borne fruit to God that God can taste. The Lord can, God can commend charity. You've done a good job, but God does not, doesn't eat charity. You have, it, it, when God will look at it nice, I love it. I can do everything nice and he will even leave it for some time and clap you and applaud, applaud to you. But after a while, he will then share it to your brethren. I take. This is your own. You understand? Like when somebody has begun to bear the fruit of charity, who really enjoys that thing are his, his brethren in Christ. Brethren in Christ. You know, their brethren are in level. You have brethren in Christ, and you have, and you have brotherhood in God. All brethren are not the same. <laughs> right? All brethren are not what? They're not the same. How do I know that charity is for brethren? Just really let God raise some charity guys who all start enjoying. All right? From the suffering we suffer is because what happened? Some of us are not bearing. So when your soul is not bringing charity, your brethren will be what? Because it's, it's for them. And they can start getting angry after some time. <laughs> they will get angry with you. Because they are expecting things from you. Oh. Right? They will be expecting. They are watching you. They, they know the life. Because especially if the word of Christ has been taught for some time. Everybody now. Imagine all. We know what fruit every tree should be. What? 
Very. And guys want to eat, man. And the design, the design is not, the design is not for you to eat your own food. Why? Because it's the things of another is on the earth. That's actually the law of Christ. It's actually, say, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's how the Bible taught it. That that's actually the, the fulfillment of the law of Christ when you begin to bear one another's burden. It means you begin to give fruit to one another. That's Galatians 6 verse 2. Are you seeing that? Then, then you, ah, that's how we know that fruit is bearing, is happening. When my burden is on you, your own is on me. Your own is on him. His own is on her. That's how it operates. It means that you are the one who, she feeds from you. You feed from the other one. You feed, are you getting what I'm saying? That's charity life. Charity life, that's charity life. That's first, I know those charities according to the fruitfulness of the words. First, the fruitfulness of the word of Christ or the gospel of Christ. But then when God is watching now, brethren in Christ, enjoying their charity, God is still waiting, he's rubbing his stomach. And he's saying, okay, we're enjoying nice, it's awesome. Glory to Jesus. But after a while, they will not begin to sound from heaven. You have camped around this mountain for... The mountain is nice and all, everything glorious, beautiful, but you can't come here. God has to. God has to eat. God has to eat. It's time for his word to return. And it must not return to him void. It must not return void to him. So the purpose of the oracles is to generate fruit. Right? It's to do what? The purpose of the oracle is to generate fruit that are at the end of the oracle. is to generate types of heavenly fruit. Types of heavenly what? Types of heavenly fruit. What type of heavenly fruit? Heavenly fruit that is befitting of God. Amen. Are you seeing that? Boy, it's a journey. It's a journey to get to that place and to bear that fruit. So one thing that the, the Word of God will teach, right, what the Word of God will teach is and impart is the nature of firmness. Yeah. The nature of what? Because without such nature, you can't go up. You can't go. You can't move beyond the earth. Are you seeing that? Without that nature, you can't do what? You cannot move beyond where? You can't move beyond the earth. You can't move. Now, where God is waiting, this is what I want us to see. Just if I can see that, then we can go tonight. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Amen. Actually, I have to close my Bible. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Please. Praise God. So, where God is waiting, the God who is waiting for heavens 
or waiting for fruit. That God is not in heaven. Are, are you saying that? That God is in eternity. So, those who are running to heaven are running to the... Are you saying They are running to the wrong place. It's like, if you, are, if you are rushing to heaven, God is like, you don't get this whole thing yeah. at all. If here was okay for me, why would I come and disturb you? Mm. <laughs> are you seeing that? If, if everything about this, if, and it's, it's, it's firm, but if the firmness of this heaven is okay for me, then, I mean, I won't create the earth. We just see God created the heaven and they did what they did and God went with the heaven back into eternity. He just created the heaven firm from the one, firm, and just took them into eternity. That would have been the end. It would have been Genesis chapter 1, verse 1a. That would have been all the Bible. <laughs> but after creating the heaven, he created something else. That one was without form and void. In his, in his true nature. He, that, you see, without form and void is actually the description of where God goes to look for treasure. It is not befitting of his nature to create heaven and go with heaven. He hasn't done anything. He just, he just made a firm thing and just took it away. No, you haven't done much. He must, it must be... It must, where he will stay, his heaven, that, which he longed for, must come out of a, 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 a design, a process, an engineering, a working, a dealing that is befitting of himself as God. And how, what commend his status to him is different from men. When man is looking for a, a, a good thing, he goes to nice places. That is against the law in God. It's actually not, it doesn't align with, if, if he does it like that, it's not, it's, not, it's not fit to be called, you understand what I mean? It's easy, it's like you are not, it's not God, you have not done anything, you have not, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, try the challenge of bringing out an eternal heaven from something that's without form and void. get this one. Thank you. So we can go. Thank you. Thank you. 
Ekasteva, Liprente Laita, Fretetoso Proto Goste Vintalita, Vretania Pronto Gosso Vrantata Tania, Frepatata, Frecatolia, Precatania, Amipota, I am a potter, I am a potter, I am, I am, I love a challenge, I love a great challenge, Le Pantoso Preta Lavarogosta, for Likatoso Prentali, for out of ugliness and out of darkness I bring forth beauty. For it is I that even call the things which be not as though they are. So I am that God. I am that God. And I am Rasopreteliva. I am looking for fruit. Sir. For it is me that will even walk out the fruit in you. Like Costa. So avail yourself. Come as you are. Come as you are. Do not hide your hearts, for you can't even hide it, for I have the great eyes. I have great eyes to behold and to see your darkness. And out of darkness, I will spring forth beauty. So come, so come, come. The gates are open to come. So come, come, come as you are. I said, come and learn of me. Learn of me and you will find rest for your soul. For your rest is in me and my rest is in you. So come, come as you are. Come as you are and I will beautify you, says the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. You know something? The reason why we we tend to have unbelief, unbelief about, you know, some of these things, like they sound too grand. Why are you talking about eternal life? Going, becoming like God, sitting on the throne. You know, there's a way the soul can re- almost reject it as a pursuit, as something that you should be pursuing day to day in this world. The reason is because we have we have a misunderstanding of God's approach. Do you think that ah, if there's a kind of person who should be thinking about being a house for God and all these things that we know as our destiny? You would think, surely not my me. Right? Surely not me. You know, heaven you know, God you know, you know who I am. Right? If you want to imagine who should are the guys that should go, it's eh, Reverend K, all those, you understand? You won't see any reason why daddy, someone like daddy should have such a, I hope, you understand? You, you are... Right, you are born for that thing, for <laughs> the throne. You're, <laughs> you're already almost a throne yourself, you understand? But, but you wonder, okay, but the problem is why are you bring your thing to, <laughs> right? I'm not like you, I didn't, I didn't, you know, you feel like with all our weaknesses, our frailty, everything, but you don't know. You don't know. You don't know that you fit perfectly with God's own what are you getting what I'm trying to say what he's looking for like, like David if they are looking for who to who God will name his throne after is it David even Saul the mighty prophet missed it he was looking at all the nice guys in Jesse's house because he, he forgot something about ah, God is unlike, unlike God to choose, is he at Niger or what are their names? The names even are, are massive. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Amen. But you need to see God's, God's way. 
God's heart. It's God's heart is such that He can look at someone like you and have the grandest aspiration. If you say, but Lord, there's nothing in me, in my life, in my background, in my family, my, my type of person, that should make me aspire to the standard, when you think of the standard of holiness, righteousness, separation, be ye holy as your father in heaven. Some hearts break at that word. Because you know yourself, but you need to understand how God reasons. And how God thinks that why is he expecting such so much from so little me? It's intentional. It's intentional. It's intentional. It's intentional. That's Second Corinthians chapter four, right? When they spoke about commanding light and all of that. I now say that what we have this treasure in earthen vessel, teaching you something. Right? In earthen vessel that the word, so, so that the excellency of the power is that when, when God is going back into eternity with his own report card to himself, right? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? They will, they will check this, this home you brought here by what, by what excellency of power? Are you getting what I'm saying? Was it brought with? Yeah, of course, you measure excellency of power by what challenge did it overcome? Praise God. Hallelujah. The message to us is in this season, we need to begin to switch dependency. It is in earthen vessel with all its challenges, with its seas. With all its wicked fluidity. You know what wicked fluidity is? In souls that flows wickedly. <laughs> no alignment. But the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. Father, we thank you. Lord, we have great expectation of you. But we are not unguided. We are not, we are not just grasping at straws at the air in the wind but father we are we are you are showing us that this is about you yes, it's about your intention yes. your ways yes. how you you've decided to go about things creating a habitation for yourself of which we have an an estate an inheritance father we thank you we ask that in this season let lord the 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 weight lord the the flame the, the burning desire father for this this desire of yours, Lord, let it infect and affect our heart. Amen. We are praying, oh God, the vision of heaven, the heavenly vision, the heavenly vision. Lord, I pray that we will not fall short of it. We will not be disobedient to the heavenly calling. That in this season, Lord, you begin to gear up more intentions. We begin to make covenant decisions, resolve of our heart concerning the heavenly calling. Thank you, our Father. We pray as we go today, replenish our strength. Give us more strength, Lord, to come tomorrow, even to press deeper, to press more into your heart, Lord, to pray through that which, Lord, we ought to ask you for in this season. Thank you. We pray all our prayers today. We know you have heard them. 
and you will continue to hear us. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you.